0: episode of talking maiden the podcast of the beast how you doing i'm doing great how you doing i'm doing fantastic (laughs) um pumped to get back to book of souls book of
1: souls yeah we've been at this one for a while so yeah episode 24 but it's a double album so it takes longer than usual
0: yeah it's it's a double album so the number of episodes cubed (laughs) squared or squared times. it's
1: weird i know we go back and i look at like somewhere in time which we did in two episodes yeah and I think if we did it now, it would take like four. <laughs> I know. We'd be lucky if we <laughs> could Because there's get so much done. more things I can think of now to talk about. Like, as yeah. I've been like reading books and stuff about these later albums, yeah. there's like a whole bunch of stuff that I would have added back then.
0: You're just teeing it up for a revisiting. <laughs> yeah. We will have to revisit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Also, you find that you get, sometimes you get good feedback from people after you've covered it and you're like, oh, I wish we yeah. knew that. Yeah. Or we you could have mentioned come that.
1: across like a cool interview where they're talking about something and you're like, oh, I wish I had known that. I wish I had known that.
0: I wish my knowledge of all things in the universe were complete (laughs) at the time we recorded our podcast.
1: (laughs) So we got through the first disc of Book of Souls. Yes. And in disc two now.
0: Yeah, the first disc, the first vinyl and a half.
1: But before we do that, I see you have a growler. Ooh, I do.
0: A growler of local beer. Yeah, I got this... this, um, I went down to Mill Street uh, two days ago, uh, the local brewery here, and I sampled all of their beers. (laughs) I did. I went through... All the ones that were there. And this one really stood out to me. It's called Hopped and Confused.
1: Okay.
0: It's basically a lager that's been heavily dry hopped. Okay. Um, but uh, I find it, it 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 smells and the initial tastes very much like a, like an IPA or a Session Ale. But it's it basically, well, that's how you described it to me. It was like a dry hopped lager. But okay. they call it a Session Ale. Okay. But it, it's got a really flat finish. Do not spend your time worrying about the... Wasted Beer So we got a growler here, so this could turn into a little bit of a lively conversation. It's only a, a mini growler, so. Yeah, it will be all right. Yeah, okay. Don't podcast and drink, right? Oh, wait, no. Only podcast. And drink. Only podcast and drink, right. Oh, this is nice. It smells good. Mm, see the nose on it? The finish. No hop in the finish. Oh, yeah. It's weird. But it smells it's really good, though. It smells like a strong IPA. That's really good.
1: Yeah, it's uh, refreshing.
0: Refreshing indeed. Maybe be a
1: good summertime beer.
0: Well, it's 4.7% too, so right. it's not too bad. So we won't get into fisticuffs <laughs> over uh, right. Tears of a Clown or Anchor whatever. up the blood. That's right. So we're well into it now. While this album is a double album in length, because yeah. I think it was 90-something minutes, most of them are 45 minutes or so, the tracks are so long that there's not like uh, two albums worth of tracks still like we have a full i guess you could say a full disc but 40 45 minutes left and what, five six tracks five tracks five long. tracks yeah um but one of them is 18 minutes long <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> one of them is 18 minutes long so it is interesting to to think how long it's going to take us to review these but so many of them are just there's three and four parts on yeah
1: well let's get right into it because last time yeah. i feel like these uh sometimes i worry about these like episodes that we do the multi- Episodes that like span like one album and they span many episodes. And I'm like, are we going too far in depth into like, i picking the songs apart too much? Yeah. But then I've never heard anyone complaining that we're not going deep enough. Everyone's always like seeing yeah. how they like like it when we pick. I think when with the last, with Book Souls and Right in the Black, we really picked those songs apart super detailed. Yeah. But uh, I'm not picking, those are only because they're super epic and my two favorites on the album. Some of these songs I'm, I'm not going to go with that deep on. but
0: Yeah. Well, these are relatively unknown tracks. I mean, and, and they're relatively new. And a lot of our yeah. listeners don't necessarily know about them. It's not like we spent, you know, 35 minutes yeah. talking about Run to the Hills. Yeah. I mean, you know, but if br- you
1: go into, like, some of those classic albums, yeah. there's so many, like, books and interviews yeah. and, like, TV interviews and stuff where you can, like, pull little facts from. For these later albums, there's not that much. So I tend to, like, dive into the actual songs and pick them apart more. Yeah. I don't know why. I think
0: that's also where, you know, sometimes I think you overthink that aspect of it because I remember when you were doing like, oh, what am I going to talk about Power Slave that everyone doesn't know? Yeah. And then, and then you came in with like your own book written <laughs> and I was like, oh God. You know? Yeah. And I was like, mm, I like this album. It's, it's good. Uh, yeah. So yeah. there is a lot of stuff written, a lot of a lot of secondary sources about the other albums, but this one, very little. Yeah yeah so let's dive right in okay death or death glory or glory yeah it took out a really cool uh, trajectory through the tour right with the uh, whole monkey thing oh yeah, right so the climb, climb like, like a, a monkey. monkey yeah yeah that, that became like a whole and he even talked about it Bruce did at the time I remember he even said like he didn't expect that to yeah. catch on
1: so that comes from a quote from the Red Baron he claimed his triplane could climb like a monkey and maneuver like a devil oh, so wow. the Red Baron von Richthofen is talking about his uh, triplane and he said that it could climb like a monkey so bruce kind of grabbed that as a lyric for the song yeah and it took off yeah in concert he does that climb like a monkey and then he had like this stuffed monkey remember he used to have yeah a
0: monkey hat or something or something he was doing a whole bunch of monkey stuff yeah i know it's kind of super cheddar cheese and
1: i remember when it first came out you hated that lyric and i used to find it super awkward like it did not sound that part used to just bug me yeah. But then you hear it so much that you don't even notice it anymore. It's like you don't even listen to the meaning of the words anymore. You just hear, yeah. you know what I mean? It's I find when i listen to
0: the song now, I start climbing like a yeah, monkey. Like, like, it's
1: ridiculous yeah. when it's become this joke, right? Yeah.
0: I love it. This so, song's awesome, though. Fi- finally, finally. It took them 60 hours to finally, <laughs> finally a track about, uh, <laughs> about a bit war. Police. Yeah, about war. I know. It kind of, yeah. like,
1: rehashes the whole, like, yeah. Aces High Tail Gunner thing. It but thinks. they moved to World War One for a change instead of World War Two. Hmm. So, um, yeah, this is Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson wrote. This and Speed of Light are the two songs from this album that Adrian and Bruce had written before the recording session started. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a quote from Adrian. He said, This time I did a couple of things with Bruce. I thought I'd try writing shorter songs like Two Minutes to Midnight, Can I Play with Madness, with just Bruce and I. I haven't done that since I came back in the band, except maybe with Wicker Man. So that's paraphrasing what he said in this interview. So okay. him and Bruce kind of had in their head that they wanted to write some short catchy songs and have them for the album so
0: yeah it's definitely that it's one of the more i guess you could say punchy songs like speed of light yeah i bet i mean it's over five minutes and so is speed of light but they seem really short on this album
1: yeah it's it's a really good song it's no aces high but it's it's good
0: and it's a good opener for the second
1: and you can't help but compare it to aces high just because it's about the same type of thing right dog fighting in the air yeah so
0: but were there dog fights in world war one
1: yeah, really. The biplanes,
0: yeah. When we were at the, when we were there in London, this remember when we went to the War Museum. They more or less the the planes. I think they talked about it. They were basically used to like fly over the lines and drop certain types of bombs. Yeah, they
1: used to drop like. But I mean,
0: it was so limited. I mean, what first flight was nineteen eleven? I mean, you're talking about 1915, 16 through nineteen. 17. there, there was no. Really, any level of military air? Well,
1: this guy von Richthofen, the Red Baron, he shot down. I I don't have the stats in front of me, but he shot down like he shot down of
0: other planes. Ninety-five percent of all of the Western (laughs) Western forces at the time. Two
1: planes. Yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) no, it's a lot. I can't remember what the actual. But am I wrong?
0: Weren't the Wright brothers like nineteen eleven? I have no idea. Maybe I'm off. But I mean, there wasn't much of a period of flight, and if I remember,
1: if I had the lyrics to kill Devil Hill. Yeah. from that Bruce Dickinson album that would probably say that would explain <laughs> it the Wright yeah, brothers. Like, is that yeah. the song
0: we read that holds those four statistics that's <laughs> the one about the,
1: the Wright brothers and playing, oh, their cool. playing. but uh, anyway it's a cool song and you can't help but compare it to like Aces High it has that same kind of guitar riff so it starts off with like an Adrian riff it's really upbeat there's a cool like swing to the drums you know how the drums kind of are I don't know how to describe it there's kind of a swing behind the riff cool just the way the drums and the riff it's like yeah. it's i don't know it has a cool uh sound to it
0: yeah definitely yeah. Is. it's very memorable
1: yeah it's a, it's a good it's a good rocker it's a really strong song i don't think it's like great it's no aces high yeah i think the chorus is what is kind of weak in the song there's such a build-up to the chorus you know the climb yeah. like a monkey yeah. and then when it gets to the chorus it's just death or glory it's, you know what i mean Yeah, but i love that I don't know. Yeah. I think it's kind of like half-assed course oh, in the middle of an awesome song, and it kind of drags it down. Uh, kind of like, you yeah. know, on No Prayer, those kind of songs where they like they just repeat the name of the song a yeah. whole bunch of times for the course? That's right. It's kind of falling into that trap. There's no real like memorable melody to the course. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Like, it's such a build-up, and then it's just kind of like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. But it is a really good song
0: yeah it's an excellent song
1: high but, energy which is good yeah to start I, off the first second disc
0: yeah it's good it's punchy it's quick and it's simple i guess maybe they just want something that's memorable something that stands out amongst all these giant ballads yeah but yeah no i get that i mean it's not a it's a track for me that has a lot of has a lot of weight because of its place in the in the tour list yeah uh, there's some the cool you know little uh climb like a monkey thing we talked about um, but you're right. It it doesn't stand out for me as as one of the better tracks. Although I got to be honest, there's times where I've gone through it and I just love, and I love the its place on that vinyl too. Because yeah. the second disc for me is weaker than the first. If I agree second disc time, yeah. you mean? I mean this these you know the the you know the back the four five and six of the vinyl are yeah. the weaker for me. But this is strong and strong with Empire part of the clouds yeah and and you know we'll talk with us when we get into them i i don't know i like its place in the vinyl you can kick off with it
1: yeah I, I like the song yeah. a lot i don't mean to make it sound like i don't like it well if, just you, if you're criticizing it. it because the course yeah i can't help but compare it to uh aces high if you do though you're yeah, yeah. I, you to comparing things to aces high. <laughs> yeah nothing <does. laughs> without being disappointed one thing that's really cool in the song yeah really good solos um dave murray and then it goes into adrian in the solo um Murray has like this really fluid solo really melodic which mm-hmm. is cool the cool part about Adrian's solo in this is he plays it with a slide and it's he doesn't do that that often and it has a really cool effect for the song so I get the live version of it <laughs> Uh, you can hear Dave does his little melodic improvised part. Yeah, it's an awesome solo. Yeah. You don't hear anyone in Iron Maiden playing with a slide that often. Yeah. And Adrian does it sometimes, and it really stands out. It sounds pretty cool when he does it. Yeah. No, that's pretty badass. It's
0: another back-to-back Marie Smith solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yannick doesn't really feature, uh, or at least, I I don't know, he doesn't stand out to me in this song, but I guess that's typical of a Smith <laughs> <laughs> tune yeah. he's writing and he's going to play the best parts but um, yeah I like it I don't know you, you kind of got me second guessing it now when I start out I always put this track really high Yeah. but um, when you compare it to Ace is High Tail Gunner
1: yeah you know, which I is know. weird because the only reason that we're comparing those songs is just because of the, the lyrics but yeah. it, it's hard not to lump them all together as like air combat songs and then compare them but
0: yeah yeah.
1: but if you compare it to like other just straight up songs that are like you know be quick or be dead I think this is a better song than that
0: yeah I think it's just more of an attempt to I mean I don't know I really like the chorus I mean, you know you're right yeah. in some ways it's relatively simple I think it's just an attempt in and now if you were compiling this album you'd think holy god like so many long epic tracks like there had to be people in the studio going you're gonna seriously it's 2000, 2015 <laughs> and you're gonna put out honestly 18 minutes here double album you know
1: yeah how Maiden many of them doesn't care though man they just do their thing and that's it yeah but they obviously care at some level if they're
0: including this and speed of light and, you know there's an yeah
1: but that's the adrian that's like the adrian smith uh influence and that's yeah. why he's so i think valuable in the band yeah Cause they take him out and then everything's gonna sprawl into an epic but dave has those or uh adrian has those like you know those kind of hook hook based shorter like easy on the ear songs yeah.
0: yeah and this is definitely one of those yeah yeah and it makes better for for the tour set list too that is more manageable yeah and, yeah and, and it went off well in the, on, on the on the tour although it did the climb like a monkey that stuff did kind of become a bit of a joke but
1: it did and it kind of yeah. took away from like what the songs about but yeah we'll break that down when we do the live chapter i guess yeah because we are going to do the live chapter album and video yeah eventually
0: I'm gonna have to go off now and give it another 10 lessons so uh, comparing it to aces i <laughs> and the fact that it's world war one I, I never really i never really put that together
1: yeah you know so, it's a very solid solid upbeat song yeah i don't think it's like a maiden classic
0: yeah i need to go away and think about that because I, I i thought that was like our takeaway this summer in london was that or sorry the gas attacks in the war and the um use of planes in world war one are more or less like the thing of myths like gas lasted for like a few months it was ineffective and the plane stuff, anyway. I don't know. Kind of ruined the song for me now, to be honest. What? This? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I always had a picture of like like climb like a monkey, all that stuff. I thought it was like, I was right back to World War II, Battle of Britain stuff.
1: And yeah, uh, I think this is triplanes having dogfights in the air. Yeah. Or biplanes and triplanes. <laughs> Gust of yeah. wind trying to climb. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Flying along. No, these, these were like yeah. fighter planes right like the, yeah yeah
0: well the red bear and had that yeah. old, like red triple triple wing yeah right like i mean that was hardly
1: and i should have looked it up but if you look up his stats compared yeah. to like everyone else it's crazy how many like planes he shot down That's so crazy. there is dog fights, yeah <laughs> win
0: one for the kaiser
1: <laughs> my uh knowledge of world war one dog is not very not very big
0: yeah and you know it's funny because we just recently passed 100 hundred hundred years of the end right. of world war one and um it's amazing how little we still understand about that war in terms of its historical context, and I've been kind of reading a bit about it. Um,
1: Man, there's a podcast called Hardcore History. Dan yeah. Carlin, he did like I can't remember how many hours it is. It's like ten or twelve hours or something on World War One. Really, it's called Blueprint for Armageddon or something. It's an awesome podcast. Yeah, I looked it up. I listened to it through twice, and he's like the way he describes everything. It's it's like one of those things. I would like drive home from work and on my drive I'd be listening to this podcast on World War I yeah, I'd get in the driveway and I'd just like sit there for a few minutes like waiting for him to finish talking about whatever he's talking about really yeah and is that still ongoing the podcast yeah I
0: don't know because I, I looked it up and there wasn't as many episodes as I, I need to get the link yeah. from you again hardcore history yeah Dan Carlin yeah
1: um, I think I talked about his podcast when we did Dale, when we did yeah. Dance to Death yeah,
0: yeah. I, I definitely need to awesome yeah. so Death of Glory I love it but I love it I give it a thumbs up but I don't think it's a
1: classic I'm giving it two thumbs up out of three (laughs) Shadows of the Valley Yannick and Steve Harris I love this too man so I read an interview with Bruce Dickinson Uh, it was in French and I had to translate it but he said Shadow of the Valley Uh, Steve Harris had this one pretty much ready to go and written when he brought it in so I assume because Yannick has a songwriting credit that like him and Steve kind of worked on it or embellished it a bit but uh, everyone always talks about the original intro riff, which everyone says is very similar to Wasted Years. So I've played this before on the podcast, but it was like a year ago. So this is the Wasted Year riff and then the Shadows of the Valley riff. And then the Shadow of the Valley riff played at toy speed. You can hear it's similar yeah but it's basically just the same type of riff it's yeah. like an open string that you're picking and then you're hitting hammering on these like notes descending sort of so it's similar i can see where people hear that yeah but i always hear people talking about they're like oh maiden's recycling riffs i hear i read like a bunch of reviews of the album and they're talking about this song and they're like recycling riffs recycling riffs and i'm like it's not recycling it's just that's just maiden being maiden yeah <laughs> it sounds maiden me that's like i wouldn't write a song and be like oh uh, another up-tempo song with bruce singing really high over it yeah to rip off it's just that's maiden right
0: i know and there's a contradiction too or or you know at least a challenge there between giving people what they want and are used to and also expanding right. and, and changing you know
1: yeah because this is kind of has that classic maiden feel like this riff here that comes later on this almost sounds like the trooper riff So it doesn't really sound like the Trooper, but it kind of reminds you of the yeah. Trooper. Just like the first riff kind of reminds you of Wasted Years. Yeah. But it's just, I think it's just Maiden being Maiden. Yeah. You know? But it's this is kind of like a uh, a new spin on like the classic Maiden songs. It kind of feels classic, but yeah. it sounds kind of different still.
0: So. Yeah, this is an epic track, though. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's a great song. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, the, and Bruce's vocals are crazy in this. Yeah. I mean, All the really solos on
1: this. It. Yannick has a solo on yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Um this is another one of those ones where adrian has a really cool guitar solo and you know how we always talk about like adrian how he brings a song up to another level adrian's solo on the song is one that brings like the song up to another level he does this thing where he like falls behind the beat and kind of like catches up at the end into the valley part but that's an awesome solo and that's one of those uh solos we always talk about where adrian like yeah totally nailed it
0: yeah he does he's awesome yeah all the solos in this are great
1: oh the guitar harmonies and stuff this is a really great song
0: yeah the uh when when um there's so many great lyrics in this in this track as well like um mind over matter cry over sins their lives are over now and ended before they began but when he sings that multiple times, but it towards the end where he's just cranking it, like Bruce is excellent in this. Tune. Yeah, I find it's a, it's, you know, following Death of Glory, it's it's one of those tracks. it's just, I don't know, it really gets me to this side of the album. Like, yeah, and it's a it has really, a
1: kind of a matter of life and death vibe to it.
0: The song, it does, yeah. It, it's one where I find like you're you're leaning into it, you're screaming in yeah. the car, in the shower. It's just, it's awesome.
1: It's funny. It's one yeah. of my favorites on the album. Uh, one of them, and. It was a long time before I actually kind of figured out what this song was.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I kind of got lost in there. There's so much on this album, so much on this where it's a double album to like wrap your head around. This one was one of the songs that kind of like, I could never quite remember which one this was. And I'd be looking at the track listing. Yeah. And I'd see the name and i like, which one is that again?
0: Yeah, I found that with the Red and the Black because I found, like I used to think it was two or three songs right. because just the sheer length of it. Yeah, And when you're listening digital, all of a sudden, you know, then you hear them singing the Red and the Black again yeah. and you're like, that song's gone. <laughs> but this is one of those as well where it's it's kind of wedged in between some some tunes that are pretty memorable. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't miss like um, Death of Glory, Tears of Clown. Those like stand right out. Yeah. But this one is um, a little more obscure. It's a significant length too. It's like what, seven, eight minutes?
1: Yeah. Eight well minutes. that's one of the things about this album. Yeah. Yeah, it's seven and a half minutes. Seven and a half minutes. One of the things about this album is like there's all these songs that jump out at you right away. Yeah. And there's songs like this that I kind of paid less attention to and they end up being your favorites after. Yeah, you grow into them. Yeah. Which a lot of good albums are like that. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. I, I love the uh I love the vocals in this. Yeah. I think it's an awesome epic epic tune. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, that
1: whoa yeah. part. It's good to sing along too, so. It would've been a good live track. Yeah, it would have been, been great. Live. It would have been a good like live sing along. Yeah. At the end. With the whoa oh oh's.
0: Yeah, I would I would put this up there as probably one of my favorite on the second second disc.
1: This is probably the most classic maiden-y sounding like song on the album. Really?
0: I think so. And yeah, more so than even Book of Souls.
1: Oh yeah, this sounds the most like the old yeah. 80s. The old, oh, the old Maiden. Yeah, the yeah. 80s like uh yeah. Maiden stuff. It's got the kind of same guitar riffs. It's built around yeah. riffs. Yeah. It's not so like I don't know. Yeah. Proggy new era Maiden. This would fit right back on like I don't know, Power Slave maybe. Yeah. It's
0: a, yeah, it's a pretty ballady but yeah, definitely I could see that. It's an awesome tune, man. Yep. I love it.
1: A new take on classic Maiden.
0: New take on classic Maiden. <laughs> Now this is where it gets into. We move on. These these are the tracks that I can I can start to.
1: Oh yeah, I know. Get a little weaker. I'm the same way because then you'd have all this momentum yeah. on the first disc, is amazing. We went through that in the last couple episodes. That's right. Then this episode you open up with, uh, Death or Glory. Yeah. Which is like a balls to the wall,
0: rock excellent. out song.
1: Yeah. Then you get that last song, which is this classic Maiden kind of yeah. gallopy thing. Yep. And then you're into this, which I think is a great song but then the, the momentum clown. after this kind of starts tears of the clown yeah yeah
0: um i go back and forth on this there's times where i've hated this song and there are yeah. times where i love hearing it yeah and i still don't know where i am i go back and forth on this so it
1: doesn't much. feel like maiden to me yeah i don't know but then it's kind of like i think it's just because it doesn't have a riff but like flight of icarus is like that where it's just like a, a bunch of you know it's like a chord progression it's not there's no actual riff there's one little riff, like, after the chords were kind of turnaround in the song. So that's like a little riff, but that's like a kind of turnaround. The rest of it's just like chords. It's like a chord progression. Yeah. So it's Adrian. This is another Adrian song. Adrian Smith and Steve Harris writing credit, and uh, there's lots of keyboards and stuff. But I think part of what I don't like is Maiden always has these like timeless like themes and stuff, and mm. for them to cover something so topical, yeah, like it's about uh, Robin Williams, right? Yeah. So Bruce has a quote from Bruce Dickinson. He said, "My favorite song is one I didn't write. It's Tears of a Clown, which talks about Robin Williams. I ask myself, how could he be so depressed when he always seems so happy? So yeah, it's kind of a weird." You know, thing from made to write a song about. I think.
0: Yeah, and it's a, it's such a, a classic, like I don't know trope. I, I don't know where. Yeah, to, you got I mean, this, this this comedian who's the sad, who's the clan on the outside, but is is sad on the inside. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm gonna rip this now because yeah. I uh, let's have a bit of beer first. Okay. I'm gonna top up my beer here.
1: But that's kind of how I feel too. Like I feel this is a. Uh... If this had better lyrics, I think I'd like the exact same song a lot more. The, the subject matter kind of drags it down. For yeah. Me.
0: The funny man who they just... Like, all the lyrics in there. Um, it, it seems so... It just... Like, the whole song is not that impactful. And the lyrics are supposed to have meaning. And it's just like... It's just not there for me. Although yeah. there's times... Like I've said, I go back and forth. Uh, there's times where I was like, why is this on here? This I
1: yeah. hate this. Song. Well, when it comes on in the car, yeah. I'm listening to it. I'm like, this is a really good song. Yeah. But then it's just... I don't know. The... Yeah, I think it's the subject matter. It's the subject matter. I think if they wrote, had all, if this was about like, I don't know what. You know, yeah, so that was my... Some World War II general or something. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Tears yeah. of a general. <laughs> um, so I got a whole take on this from another different direction. Um, I um, am not a Robin Williams fan. As a matter of fact, I didn't really like him that much.
1: Yeah, I wasn't a huge Robin Williams fan. No, but...
0: I found his comedy was too forced. He was always yeah. doing these like He's super... Kind of yeti. hacky. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, he was a better actor than I thought oh, a yeah. comedian. Yeah. I thought like... Missed out fire was a was a comedy, but he was excellent in it. And Dead Poets
1: Society, like he had some legit. I never liked cred. to stand up either. It was just like oh, it's horrible. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that famous one about him, like as uh, the golf, it's horrible. Like he's garbage comedian, I thought. But here's the other side of it. Then they went on like he was so sad, and 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 all of these aspects to it. His wife actually wrote wrote after his death, and was very upset. Uh, that everybody was calling it suicide because apparently he had uh, suffered from uh, Lewy body dementia, which is apparently a, um, a disease which caused by protein deposits in the brain. Okay. He, was, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease thereafter, which comes from that. Okay. So it links out of it. So um, apparently the telltale signs um, of Lewy body dementia in the brain, and they were not discovered until autopsy. But he was deteriorating, had been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Okay. And his wife, like, he was coming to grips with that, and he was already starting to lose his mental capacity, and his wife was like, he was not okay with it. So it's one thing to call it suicide. It's another thing she feels that, like, he was in a right state of mind when when he took his own life, what he wanted to do under his control. Apparently he was exploring end-of-life stuff, okay. and he just, he said goodnight to his wife, and he went to, and I have a lot of respect yeah. for people's end-of-life choices. Okay, I had no idea. And, and no that's a either. different angle to... You know, to cut the tears of a clown. Like yeah, this is not kind of like a, he's a, some yeah. clown who was sad. This is a guy <laughs> who was suffering from Parkinson's, and he was diagnosed with like three to four months of of any level of motor. Like he already stopped performing. He'd already done a load of things in his life. So I think, okay, the whole media was kind of off on this, right? You know, because Bruce and them only I don't think they got a call from. I mean, you're not gonna write
1: tears of the clown about your buddy. You're gonna write about no, yeah, you know, I think yeah, right?
0: They're yeah, like yeah, we wrote a song about your dad,
1: and they never the actually clown. said yeah in the song anything about like yeah. rob William, williams it all came out in like interviews i think the song would have been better if bruce had or whoever had never like admitted who the song's about and they just were like well it's just about you know it's a generic thing about people whatever agreed and and but that's all i think and everyone that's yeah. all everyone focused on one of the things that they zoned in on when they're talking about this album is the song about robin williams it came up in all the interviews and stuff
0: yeah, so they shouldn't have brought it out. Agree with that. Yeah. Second thing is, is someone just died, and you call them like a, a clown is like also not necessarily. There's that all overtone. Yeah, like I know. Tears of thing. a clown. It's yeah. not like oh, the tears of a clown. Like I don't know. The fact that they did make it personal, and not only that, in that period of time, I think there were a few comedians who had who had died. And there was someone else I remembered the time because we we were talking about who was actually about, and then they came out and said. So um, yeah, I don't know that aspect of it. I don't like. This was on the live set list, wasn't it? Yeah. It was in, in the first and it got leg, pulled out. And
1: they pulled it out for the second leg. That's right. That's so right. I'm wondering what the reason for that was. I wonder. Because it seemed, I don't know if it got a very good uh, response live. I can't even remember. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I was so excited about everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're
0: not, we weren't having this discussion then. We were just no. like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's a, it is a it is a good song. It has good solos in it. There's a Adrian Smith uh, into Dave Murray, solo, like a two part solo. Yeah. Um, and Adrian's solo in this is, I think, really great. And he does that thing at the end. We talked about it last episode where he just like bends a note and like picks really fast. Yeah. And there's like, you probably find a dozen songs where he does that in the solo. The solos in this song are the best part of the song. part of the solo yeah which is amazing i love him playing the wah pedal and just like rocking it like that yeah and then dave murray comes in with his solo and this is a amazing dave murray solo you know how he does a lot of like improvised stuff yeah. this sounds like it's more of a, like a planned out solo for dave murray anyway um it fits the mood of the song like we always say about the solo fitting the mood of the song and when he comes in like you can hear his guitar tone come in and he just like he kills the solo <music> Because you're getting so much emotion from the dave murray solo yeah which you find some of his solos are just kind of like like i said balls to the walls like improvising yeah. like runs up and you know legato runs up and down the key up the fretboard but this one i don't know he has a lot of emotion in this solo and these two solos together is the best part of this song
0: yeah but even then like that comes out of that solo i love the lyrics that come right after tomorrow comes tomorrow goes but the but the cloud remains the same. Which is, every time I hear that, I always think he says, but the clown remains the oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, uh, wonder why he's feeling down, Tears of a Clown. Like it comes out so hot on the vocals, and it goes, why he's feeling down, Tears of a Clown. Like, I know. It almost feels campy, but yeah. not good campy. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Remember the part where we, that surprised us is uh, we're watching this when we saw this live on the Book of Souls tour. Yeah. And uh, so they're playing the song. And when Bruce comes in, you know that line where he goes, what motivates the, mo- or who motivates yeah. the motivator? Yeah. Everyone in the audience, like, screamed that out. And I was like, oh, everyone kind of identified with that one line for some yeah. reason. it's weird. Yeah. Motivates
0: <laughs> the motivators, lucky.
1: But everyone, and then after that, no one else was singing. It was just that one line everyone, like, reacted to. It was weird. That is interesting. That's weird they dropped the song. But, like, I would compare this with, like, you know, Coming Home from Final yeah. Frontier or uh, out of the shadows they're all those kind of like ballady mid-tempo songs that's right like i think i'd take coming home or out of the shadows over the song oh yeah find it hard to separate the actual song itself from the subject matter which kind of taints this awesome song for me yeah but the solos are awesome it doesn't feel like maiden that's all and when i hear it it's like there's something that stops it from being great and i'm not sure if it's the subject matter or what but it just i don't know
0: yeah, and it, it's got it's got the the framework for a great song. Like it's all yeah. there. It's just kind of the yeah. yeah. It throws you off the tears of the clown, and then yeah, I I, I just couldn't get past that yeah. since I heard it, and then you yeah. know the whole background on it, and I was just like, oh, it's too specific. Yeah. We're not talking about some war hero. We're talking about like a comedian who died. Yeah. And you're calling it the tears of a clown. Like it's just ugh. Yeah. it's, it's it not seems... made, and It's not what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. You it know, this isn't strange. some like yeah. general who. Who committed suicide, you know, in World War Two, after losing a battle. Like, you know, despite using the best strategy, this is, you know. So
1: it is a good song. Robin Williams. It's a good song, but not a great song, I don't think. Yeah. That's just my opinion on it. And I do like it. Yeah. But, I don't know. The other thing is, you're going along with these, like, rocking tracks. Then you hit this. Mm. And then this. And then into the next song, which is The Man of Sorrows. And there are these two kind of slow, depressing songs. Yeah. put right together and it just like the momentum of the album kind of grinds to a halt for me yeah and I wonder if half of the reason that I don't like this is because I associate it with like this patch of the album where I'm just like well here we go into this stuff I know it's, it's, not that they're bad songs but like right together back to back it seems yeah it it's a detriment to both of the songs having them both put together
0: yeah Shadows of the Valley like in them before they begin and the lives you know it's kind of coming down a great song and then this yeah. negative theme and then Oh, a comedian committed suicide. Now, Man of Sorrows, next, a blimp burned down. Like, it's like, it's like what it's a is tragedy. the theme here, right? Yeah, on this side. Like, I don't understand why they back-to-back this.
1: Yeah, like, it seems like a weird uh, place to tuck these songs. I know. So this Man of Sorrows song. Yeah. Track number four on this second disc. Yeah. So this is a good song. I'm about to, like, criticize it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to come out ahead of time and say that I do like the song. Yeah but uh there's something about this too this was started off as an instrumental demo that dave murray had and he played it for bruce in a hotel room over a few beers like a few months before the album i think the best part of the song is like the very beginning the intro by dave murray intro i think is awesome yeah and then the look you know bruce's voice comes in his voice sounds great and the first few minutes there's like a couple of minutes of like mellow before the band comes in with keyboards but it kind of drags it's like i know it's supposed to be a ballad but even for that it kind of like drags a bit and then like it eventually comes in with this like chugging guitar part and it's almost like a second song that's split into two Mm -hmm. but i still think like that first intro is the highlight of the song
0: yeah i agree with
1: that like there's nothing much very memorable about that whole bruce part singing before the band comes in yeah it's just kind of i don't know
0: that it, it's so it's so awesome that you isolate that because of, that that when that starts you just expect this amazing amazing yeah. track but um and it does kind of let down a little bit that oh it's so that's such an awesome
1: intro. yeah and it, it, i mean it just yeah. it's kind of you're waiting i keep finding myself waiting for this like for the rest of the band to come in with that like chugging part And it's not bad but that first part the tempo is so like even just playing that clip waiting for the band to come in i'm like oh my god it seems like it's dragging it's just a little bit too slow yeah and after tears of the clown and then you're into this and it's just like oh my god you're killing like yeah my maiden buzz that i had on the i go. know i've uh, lost my maiden wood and i normally like remember i was saying in red and the black i like yeah. how they like they do whatever and then they come back to that chug 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 they hit that one chord mm. all the time they come back to it yeah so this is similar it has like a chugging thing but like i don't know red and the Black had this, like, energy to it. Yeah. Where this just sounds like... Doesn't feel like it gets going. Doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of... It feels like it's, like, stalled. So you have this, like, kind of draggy part, and then the band comes in, chug, 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 and I'm just like, okay. It seems like a bunch of ideas put together but not quite finished off or something
0: yeah wow. and wedge in between empire of the clouds and tears of clown it would almost be better if this went before tears of clown i don't know why because it's yeah like or even on the or first
1: or disc or something something just wrapped i don't know i'd probably get lost on the first disc
0: yeah well it's lost here yeah between. that's
1: true yeah it's just a and then a just when you're like you're listening to this like chugging part the band comes in and then it goes to that weird key change that sounds like it gives it a super like dark depressing feel So yeah, it just hits that weird chord that you're not yeah. expecting it to do, yeah. And it sounds super like evil and dark sounding, yeah, like really dark sounding. It reminds me of, uh, you're gonna hate that I play this, no. but it reminds me of this, these chord changes. <laughs> that's the song black sabbath from the yeah. album black sabbath by black sabbath oh cool <laughs> <laughs> so but it, so i guess that's the most sabbath thing that there is but it's the same like dark
0: i sound like everybody i think crazy train but i was always thinking like war pigs crazy train is ozzy is is this just ozzy it's yeah. not sabbath anyway well that's the one that gets played to death on right oh yeah so what's their what's their biggest song then?
1: their biggest or their best their biggest or and their best i don't know Their best song. God, I don't know. We could do a whole episode on this. Oh, God. No, we're not doing (laughs) this. If I had to throw one out, uh, God, Killing Yourself to Live is great. Yeah. The song, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, is awesome. I don't know.
0: Ah, okay. Nativity
1: in Black. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, this, where it goes dark, it gives me, it it makes it feel like it has this like Sabbath y dark. Like, you know how that clip I just played, it sounds very unnerving and dark. It does. And this is the same kind of chord changes that just kind of like, where are you yeah. going maiden? This doesn't seem very maiden-y. I know, I Which want... I have no problem with them trying something different. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just... What's, so know. what's
0: what's the what's the point of the song? Like, the Man of Soros. Like, I, don't, I don't really get it as a back of Tears of the Clown. Like, you know, who is the Man of Soros?
1: I don't think it's a who, but it's talking yeah. about like people dying and passing on and stuff. Yeah. So I'm not sure who it was written about. Yeah. I couldn't find anything with that one I was reading online. There's not a lot of like interviews where they're talking about who and what the songs are about
0: yeah yeah feels a little disjointed and just kind
1: of yeah there's cool solos in it there's some cool like guitar work in there like the dave there's a dave murray adrian smith guitar solo i don't know it doesn't really stand out and this is a dave murray written song i was expecting dave murray to have this like amazing solo but they're just kind of like these generic solos they don't sound there's nothing memorable about them like this is adrian's solo And has like a good melody to it. He does that picking thing we were just talking about where he picks really fast at the end of the solo. So, I mean, it's okay, but it's not like, that one doesn't really do it for me. It just kind of like fills space in the song. Yeah. And this whole song, it just doesn't really come together. I feel like there's so much potential here for an awesome song. There is, but they don't really, and it doesn't really come together. I don't know no. what it is.
0: Yeah, well, I would say that's that's the yeah. else. And
1: then coming out of Tears of the Clown makes it even worse, right? It makes it worse. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not a distinguishable track for me. Yeah, there's some aspects to it. I think you highlighted the best part was Murray's intro. Oh, yeah. Um, the rest of it, the pacing seems a little bit off. But yeah. for me, it's an in-between. I love Empire of the Clouds, which we're going to get to next. Yeah. But for me, you know, this, this part of the album, I'm not too excited by. You know, the tears of the to hear. It's a yeah. lot of,
1: I don't know. This is Steve Harris and Dave Murray. It's yeah. Dave Murray's song. He worked on it with Steve Harris. Last time they wrote a song, The Man Who Would Be King. And we've said the same, I said the same kind of thing about that, which was like a bunch of ideas kind of put together. Mm. It doesn't really click. Kind of sounds disjointed or something. It doesn't feel like a finished song. The Man Who Would Be King has like way better guitar solos too. It has that backwards. Remember they recorded the solo and played it backwards during that song? That's right. um I don't know. This one, it drags. I feel like there's a really good song buried in here somewhere. And this maybe is something to do with how they wrote the, a lot of these songs on the fly and kind of worked them in the studio. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like this one could have been like put on the back burner and worked for a while. And maybe. I don't know or if someone could have taken it and like reorganized it or something into a better flow or something like it just doesn't yeah. work for me i don't yeah. know what it is never quite get, yeah. gets there or something yeah the beginning is okay the ending is cool i do really like the ending like to me the best part of the song is right when it ends there's like this little 30 second thing where they do this like spacey kind of uh i don't know how do you how you describe it but this is a really cool ending cool i love the guitar there at the end and the little drum things that nico's doing yeah but i'm like that's the 30 seconds at the end of the song where we're kind of like winding it down I'm like give us like two or three minutes of that yeah and you know what i mean keep dave Murray's intro and then have something like that and i don't know do something really weird but that sounded really cool like that's the highlight of the song that yeah. the intro and the outro that's right and everything in between is kind of yeah, the not measure ends. up yeah
0: yeah really good bookends yeah no i definitely could see that Yeah, for me, I mean, we're four tracks in now to the second side or the second album or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, first two, I guess we might sound a bit negative because we're so positive on this album, maybe we're trying to give it a different spin, but Shadow of the Valley, Death Death of Glory, amazing. These two, you know, uh, at least they're buried on the second. Yeah, I
1: think it's a sequencing thing, but I just don't think they're as strong as the rest of the album. No. Like, these are not, these two, last two songs don't compare to anything on the first disc. I don't think. Yeah. Um, Which I are, think the first disc from the beginning to the end is just amazing. Maybe they could have
0: shaken up these two songs and made one good depressing.
1: Yeah. Or know. maybe it's like you're making a double album.
0: Yeah. So you got to fill it. And
1: it's got a little bit of filler, a yeah. little bit of bloat. Yeah. Like if they had to cut this down, like you definitely we would both agree if you were making a a single album, unless you would cut these two songs first. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'd be number one.
0: And we'd have to cut Empire of the Clouds down to 14 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Definitely. uh, You'd have to lose these two. Yeah. No question. No question. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I I like um, Man of the Sorrows. There are some decent lyrics in there. Um, You know, the beginning and the end, the solo, you highlighted all the good spots. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't really stand out to me. I would say, you know, these two pieces are probably the least played for me in the whole album.
1: Yeah. Well, you can tell how when we did Book of Souls, the song yeah. Book of Souls. Well, I mean, we only got two songs done that episode because we were so into that song that we just yeah. couldn't stop talking about it. and It took yeah. most of an episode. Same with the Red and the Black. That was like most That's of right. an episode. And it just goes to show how much better those songs are. These ones, I'm like, I got a couple of clips, but... Yeah, I know. You're just like, meh, they're good yeah, songs. I don't really, so yeah, I don't yeah. want to sit here and talk for half an hour about the Man because there's nothing to... Yeah. I don't
0: know. Book of Souls. I mean, we get, I can't wait to sum it up. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite oh, yeah. Band albums. yeah. I'm just you know, the back to back, depressing, man of sadness. <laughs> yeah. The man of sadness back to back. Twelve minutes of the man of, of An album? No thanks. Yeah. Not too excited by it. It's a momentum killer. You know, at the same time, both of these songs I've rocked out to. Tears of the thumb oh, yeah. for periods. I went from hating it to loving it to hating it to loving it to hating it again. <laughs> and um you know man of sorrows is, is a good track yeah but it's just when you isolate it and focus on it you're like eh, it's yeah it's not the strongest on the album
1: yeah it's not a go-to song now sure. empire of the clouds okay let's we do get it. to it do we have time yeah well let's make this yeah we're going long. i'm gonna make this one like an hour and 15 minutes so yeah I come to those two songs and then into empire of the clouds yeah 18 minutes bruce Dickinson solo yeah composition do you, remember, do you remember the email that broke my heart?
0: When I sent you the email, and we got our tickets. I was like, Do you think they're going to play Empire of the Clouds? And you were like, Roll me back right away. God, no. It's yeah, way no too way. long. It was a piano. Yeah. And I was like, gutted. Because I was like, They'll probably leave it t- towards the end, or maybe they'll do it <laughs> as an intro, and they'll be like, The Empire of the Clouds will have a blimp. Never. Now that i think Never. about it, having seen Maiden a ton of times, <laughs> I was like, Yeah, it makes no sense. But I was real, I love this song.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah what do you want we should talk about the subject matter first let's get in the subject and then we'll get into the song so the, the r-101, r101 yeah yeah so yeah crashed october 5th 1930 in a in france in a storm so it was a huge airship i was on his way to maiden voyage on his way to india yeah it's maiden voyage it had done a bunch of flights before but this is his first like major voyage so it had flown yeah they had flown it around for like a few hours here and there and yeah you know, i was reading about it online 48 of 54 people killed so wow yeah so i read an interview with bruce things and he said it was eclipsed by the hindenburg because the hindenburg was caught on film because the hindenburg was uh 36 of 97 killed and this is 48 of 54 killed so it is a worse disaster but the other one they had like film reel of it and stuff and oh wow so that's the one everyone remembers
0: so so was it the same type of vessel yeah they're both airships yeah and both like hydrogen they filled them full of hydrogen. So yeah. Well, it made sense at the time. So at you the time, know, yeah.
1: It up, yeah. So let's have a big flammable bag of flammable gas flying around. <laughs> yeah. So there was two. There's the R-100 and the R-101. They're yeah. like sister ships. And the R-101 is the one that crashed. So there's a, uh, you know the part when those lyrics in there where they say, we're down lads. So that's the actual quote from the coxswain, G.W. Hunt ran into the crew quarter saying, we're down lads, right before they crashed. So Bruce actually took that and mm-hmm. used it in a that's not his, as the
0: lyrics. Not his first quote. was he said, "Damn the cargo, <laughs> we'll be oh, yeah. on our way tonight." The captain said to him.
1: Oh, yeah. um, it's weird. I was looking online, like just looking up stuff on the R one in the Hindenburg. Yeah. And uh, it's weird seeing those photos of the Hindenburg. If you Google it, and there's a video, like film reel of it, of the Hindenburg over New York City. Yeah. And it's like this big airship with like swastikas on it, just like flying over this New York yeah <laughs> it's it's so weird you're looking in like the old new york skyline with like a nazi like airship floating there it's like super creepy that's right but it's pre-world
0: war Two, so and you know. there was a there was a letter from uh, roosevelt to hitler
1: congratulating him oh is there
0: yeah there's all this famous stuff of like uh because the german airships and how cool they were and
1: yeah yeah but it's weird to see this sh- you're like how, how did that ever happen i know but i guess it's pre-world war Two, so things hadn't gone. Super horrible yet. (laughs) I know. I know. You could tweet that out with like a cover photo and make people on the internet go crazy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. The other thing I realized when I was looking this up is man, there's a lot. You're like the Hindenburg and the R101. If you look up like airship disasters, there's so many. There's like tons of them. I actually, I was going to read out a whole bunch of them because I got a list here of like, but I'm not going to read all this. There's like, I have a whole page here of, uh, it's like the USS Akron, the J-3, the USS Macon, the Hindenburg. There's a whole bunch of Soviet ones. Navy, blimp, K-14, Navy. It just goes on and on. Like, every year, there's, like, disasters. Yeah. And I didn't realize, because you only hear about, like... I'd only ever heard about the Hindenburg, and then the R-101. Yeah. Apparently, these things, like, crash all the
0: time. I know, but there's there, there are people now trying to bring them back because they argue, like, they can, A, take care of all the safety now. No problem. They can make them autonomous. But other people are saying... To use them for as self-driving blimps for
1: transport goods. like drone things so bruce yeah. dickinson actually invested in a company the airlander did you hear about that no so he in dis- invested like half a million half a million dollars or half a million pounds i can't remember yeah. in uh this thing called hybrid air vehicles it's like the world's longest aircraft and it's basically an airship again um, and it can carry like 50 tons of cargo and go 100 miles an hour and only needs two people to fly it And he said it was good. It'd be good like army surveillance tool Or like m- like you were saying moving goods from one place to the other really yeah. cheaply without using a lot of fuel So Bruce is like heavily into this like company Where they have these giant airships. So he's trying to bring them back. That's cool. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah Yeah, Oh, another here's another little tidbit before we get into the actual song mm. so the R101 crashed they took all the uh, iron or they took the framework from the craft ship, melted it down, and reused it to make another airship called the LZ-129, which is actually the Hindenburg. No. Yeah. So the, a lot of the metal from the R101 was melt, melted down and used to build the Hindenburg. But the R101 was a British ship. Yeah. And the Hindenburg was... I guess it was sold to whatever company. Oh, okay. It's sold they... to the Zeppelin Company of Germany. So I've got another uh, thing... It's not a scandal. It's not a scandal? Something that I dug up online. You're hearing it first on talking Maiden.
0: <laughs> TalkieMain.com, podcast of the
1: beast. <laughs> so Bruce always says he was reading this book called To Ride a Storm, which yeah. is a book about the R-101. And I never ever heard him mention this. And he's, I've read like a bunch of interviews during this time when he was writing this. Um, there's another album based on the R-101 disaster. So this guy Judge Smith in two thousand had this album called Curly's Airships. It's two hours and twenty minutes. It's a twenty-six song double album, and it's all the whole thing is about the R one hundred one. So I was like, I was wondering if Bruce ever heard of it, and then I looked at it. So in Bruce's biography in his book, he's talking about this band Vandergraph Generator, was one of his big like influences. He mentions them a bunch of times in the, in his autobiography. And four members of Vandergraph Generator on this album, and also Arthur Brown, which is another person he mentions in his autobiography a lot. And uh, he, Arthur Brown, actually did narration on the Chemical Wedding album. So I find it weird that like Bruce wouldn't have any knowledge of this. Yeah. If he's kind of like, I don't know, if you knew, he knows these people, and he works with some of them. Yeah. And he's a big fan of them. I, like, and they do this album, but the R101. Like, how? I figure he must. Somehow, no other. Some yeah. So, um, now this album that they did sounds absolutely nothing like Empire of the Clouds. Yeah. It's complete. I have a clip of that if you want to hear it.
0: Flying over Hull, thousands watching. Some idiot decides to try you.
1: Anyway, it's really, really terrible. Oh, God. I listened to some of it online. Still, uh, still enough to base a lawsuit on, though. <laughs> but I I mean, it doesn't sound anything like it, but I'm wondering if, you know, Bruce knows these people and he's influenced by them. There's a 26-song double album about the R101. I'm wondering if he thought maybe doing an epic song about this was a little bit more doable when he kind so. of had an idea. I'm, well, I assume yeah. that he would know about this.
0: I would, I would argue that... Listening to a double album of that would be a fate worse
1: than the, the R101 having to listen to the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe he heard that and he was like, "That's terrible. R101 deserves better." <laughs> yeah. There's
0: probably no way they're connected at all. Here's their song, "The Kingdom of the Clouds." <laughs> oh, no. Why do you keep doing the Empire this? Empire of the Mist,
1: covered by Derek Riggs. But anyway, it's called Curly's Airships, and it's truly uh, sounds truly Curly's. terrible if you listen to it. It's some of the songs are on YouTube. Yeah. And if you Google around, you can find like, samples of it online. But it is another epic work about the Air 101 that came out in the year 2000. Oh, cool. So anyway, ah. that's just something I thought was worth mentioning. <laughs> <Just> a chance <laughs> to play a horrible clip. To... So the, from the interviews that I read with Bruce, he says he basically won this electronic piano in a raffle. And he started messing around with it and had no piano training at all and uh, wrote a few intros for songs on it actually death or glory was one of the songs that he wrote an intro on piano for so he had this piano intro for death or glory and started off with mist in the trees red before the blue yeah so that whole part in the song was actually about world war one fighter pilots like how it's so calm before in the morning before they take off and go into battle so that part of the song was actually the intro to death or glory that they never used Wow. Yeah. Or that's what he wrote it, intending so it to be. He won a piano in a raffle. He did at some kind of, like I think he, I think it was some kind of like fundraiser thing or something where he like.
0: Yeah, but like, that's that raises so many questions. A, <laughs> why? If he was interested in piano, why didn't he just buy one?
1: I don't a, think he was interested in piano. I think he just kind this of. When did Uh, bef- somewhere before they started recording the album. It's like he wins a,
0: a thing at a raffle and goes to pick it up.
1: Oh, I don't know how that all happened, but apparently he just had no intention of like. Sitting down at a piano. He just like won the piano and started like playing around with it.
0: (laughs) He's like, it's, you know, they're so (laughs) cost prohibitive. I never thought about it, but now... Yeah, well, corner. I think
1: he. Yeah, it, I think it never occurred to him to get a piano. Can you and just when, a, Basically, a piano just kind of fell on his lap, and he's like, oh, I'll just start messing around with it.
0: Yeah, because the people who ran the raffle were like, Bruce Dickens about a ticket. Let's just give him the piano so we get a chance to meet <laughs> him and get a picture with him. We'll get another Maybe. piano and give it to the actual one. Well, that's
1: Bruce's story, anyway. And I read him. He mentioned it in, like, countless interviews, if you look. It's like, finally a bit of luck. <laughs> yeah,
0: finally.
1: Finally a Something break. goes his way, yeah. Finally. So I have a quote from Adrian Smith. He says, Bruce was working on it for ages, all the way through the sessions would be working on other songs and he'd be sitting in the soundproof glass box with his piano like beethoven working on his masterpiece he was consumed by it <laughs> like
0: beethoven <laughs> like beethoven played on the on the electric
1: piano he wanted to yeah. raffle <laughs> well he was actually there's a, a full-on like piano in the studio
0: but that's so classic i mean that's <laughs> like look at him over there like beethoven <laughs> And like what you're saying about well, the sure. best piano player of all time. Like he looks like Beethoven over there. In the soundproof he's like, Thank God they can't hear me
1: Um Bruce Dickinson too says, I played it on the album, we used a MIDI keyboard, which is awful actually. I would have loved to play it on a Steinway, but would be there till Christmas trying to get a good take. Uh, not fair to everyone else. So I played it on a MIDI keyboard. I goofed a couple of notes you can just move the note and get it figured out. So he did it on like an electronic mm. keyboard so that in post they could fix when he messed up yeah. and I think he did it in a bunch of little chunks and they kind of pieced it together Yeah, because I've that's seen him say enough. multiple he's... times that he'd never be able to sit down and play the thing all the way through yeah. so.
0: and fair enough he's not a piano player yeah.
1: yeah and Yannick said we didn't do it all in one to learn it and do it all in one would have been impossible we jammed sections of it and that's how it came to be we'd add bits later mm-hmm. so they kind of like pieced this epic track together until it could be 18 minutes yeah so yeah there's no fluid (laughs) oh man first maiden song with piano yeah it's super unique sounding you would think because i was complaining earlier about tears of the clown not sounding like maiden you'd think that i would say that this doesn't sound like maiden but uh yeah it's uh it does feel like maiden i think it's just there's a lot of cool riffs once it gets going like it starts off not sounding like maiden like eventually it gets pretty maiden with all these like riffs that they do over and over which is cool And it kind of captures the mood of the story. Like it's calm at the beginning. You can hear like where the storm's brewing, and then there's like a hectic part where the storm hits and the crash, and the calm at the very end.
0: The storm piece. I remember we did Ancient Mariner, and you did the rain scream, and then you you showed how like the the storm was heard in the music. Yeah, like there's a load of that in here, so that carries through. I love that aspect of
1: it. I like it when they jam on one riff for a long time, Mm. and kind of go into another riff and jam for a long time. Like you don't hear Maiden do that that much. They're usually pretty tight with their song structures. You know what I mean? You never go to see them when you're like, oh man, they did a 16 minute version of Flight of Icarus and they went all over the place. You know what I mean? They're not a jam band. Yeah. They stick to the song. So when they do this song, it's kind of cool. I like when they like kind of build on a riff and then it goes and goes and goes and they stretch out these big instrumental parts. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's very uh, different sounding. Just yeah. to have them jam on a riff for a while. Yeah. And the solos in it are awesome. So the first solo, Dave Murray does the solo like 10 minutes in. It's like a classic Murray solo. So good, Dave Murray. That's and one I think that might be one of his best solos on the album.
0: Yeah, it t- definitely is. Way it picks up after that, too. Oh, right? yeah. and Bruce's vocals.
1: That's what I like about the song. It starts off so mellow with just the yeah. piano, but then as it builds and builds and builds, it just gets like really frantic. And Adrian has a great solo at 12 minutes in the song, which is pretty. F- you have to listen to a long time before you get to this. <laughs> so it's a equally uh good solo from adrian oh wow solos are great in this song but i love that they just have these riffs they jam them out and then when the solos come the solos go and then when it comes out of each solo it ramps up a little bit and goes into the next part it's just really cool it's really well crafted that part of like capturing the energy of like the storm ramping up and everything yeah it builds right
0: up and bruce's vocal performance is insane
1: i wonder should we play all 18 minutes of this song no I
0: don't think so not allowed damn you Nisbet and your rules
1: there's a did you ever notice the cool part with the uh, at 657 and 829 in the song did you ever notice the Morse code for SOS no dot 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 dash 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 dot, dot, really? dot. That's SOS. really that's sos so they worked in which is
0: kind of cool yeah oh that's so cool
1: yeah yeah and it builds right up to and it just gets more hectic and hectic and then i think this is the actual part where the ship actually crashes when the ship is actually crashing. And then it comes out of that goes right into the calm again. Yeah. yeah,
0: I always think they're in peril. Yeah, like that's what the, it sounds like. The piano, like... What's on this
1: coming? You're right. But it's not, it's not like it's like...
0: But, you know? <laughs>
1: if you listen to that clip too, there's a uh, a part where Nico takes a violin bow and scrapes it against the edge of his gong. And you can hear it in there. It's like this weird, like... sounds like metal really? twisting or something. Yeah, it's, it's a little detail in there. So Steve Harris said the song is a masterpiece so he said i've told bruce that i think it's a masterpiece he might have thought i was winding him up but i wish i'd written it and i can't give someone a better compliment wow so that's a big compliment from steve harris yeah wow yeah amazing
0: such a great book to the album too isn't it it's
1: pretty cool one thing about yeah. it though is that i was looking at my playlist count yeah. and i realized that i probably before I, last week when i started listening to this again to do this episode i probably went a year without listening to this Really? I almost never listened to it. Yeah. I listened to this album a lot and never put this on. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, I've listened to Book of Souls a lot less over the last year or so since the Legacy of the Beast tour. And yeah. so, really, since we, the last time we saw since 2017 when we saw them in Quebec City, I've yeah. been more focused. Well, we've been doing the podcast. Yeah. Right? I mean, we started the podcast this year and we've been listening. Well, I spend all our time prepping, so I don't listen to it as much. Yeah. I mean, probably outside of our normal prep for the show final frontier is my number one outside listening to and summer in time caught me when we did that early on yeah big time but i don't listen to it as much as i
1: used to but this
0: this track see
1: i listen to book of souls a lot i still listen to it a lot especially the first half of the album yeah but this song by itself i don't think i've listened to it yeah i hardly listen to it really when it first came out it was like this new novel thing and i used to listen to it all the time all the time but then after that wore off i kind of never went back to it I do like it and I really like it it's like this epic thing but it's not something I ever listen to yeah and I yeah. almost think of it as a separate thing from the album
0: yeah
1: I don't know why ah, that's
0: fine yeah, yeah. Because, probably because of the single disc yeah. and the fact that it's right at the end yeah and the second
1: side it's so long too it's an undertaking to put that on you know what I mean you have to be in the mood to listen to an 18 minute song
0: well I don't know I find it never feels like 18
1: minutes but I have never throw it into a, sh- a playlist of like songs or anything like I don't think of this as part of Book of Souls I think of the Book of Souls and then think of this as a separate thing.
0: Yeah, and it, you know what? Maybe we should wrap it on this song and talk about the overall theme because I, yeah. I can understand where you're at, but I feel the whole second disc is like that.
1: I can't wait to see how you're going to tie this uh, R101 song into the Mayan theme. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's, <laughs> know, it's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, circle back on the bear. And you want, you want to sum up the album? Okay. Yep. Are we done on Book of Souls? We're yeah. done on Are Book of We, gonna be able we went long, to... long on this one. We maybe went over long. An hour,
1: but I didn't want to stress this into a yeah, five-parter. Did. Well,
0: perhaps <laughs> um, Yeah, I love this tune uh, Now let's talk about the whole album in some of itself Because it's been a yeah. 4 part, but we've also recorded over such a period of time
1: I know, I can't even remember what we said a month yeah. ago when we did part one of this
0: Which is good, too, because sometimes it, your perspective changes, right? Yeah Depending on what type of beer you're having
1: I know, I was listening to, back to the last episode when I was editing it And like producing it or whatever Yeah and i kept wondering like i felt like i was saying the same things in all three episodes i feel like there's a a couple of things i said like over and over again yeah which when you do them a week apart and you think about people listening to them a week apart as they come out on fridays isn't a big Mm. deal but then i'm like a lot of people are probably gonna listen to like all of these episodes in a row and it's gonna sound like me saying the same thing over and over again well, but whatever. hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> hey, look, you know, I mean, still, yeah. we're still talking about Iron Maiden. But I was here. like, the keyboards—the <laughs> keyboards are not overdone. They're just a little layer underneath. I yeah. said that like six. six times during those three yeah.
0: episodes. Keyboards are not something that stick out to me. Like you know, as yeah. not—they a, a stick out to me
1: like a sore thumb when I hear them in a Maiden song.
0: The, yeah. Now I mean I'm getting there myself. You you've highlighted them so much yeah. now it's all. Sometimes it becomes that thing like the cowbell where it's all you hear. Oh you yeah. yeah. It starts to highlight it for you. Yeah. And not in a bad way. I think they're used relatively well here. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. They don't. It doesn't have the the negative synth stuff like you highlighted. Yeah. In uh, summer and time with the guitar synth, and then later on, yeah. Seventh Son, some of that stuff. Now I find I don't know. I almost wish ignorance is bliss. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, you listen to the live chapter yeah. now, and or if you watch that video, and the keyboards in some of that are so like Michael Kenny, the keyboard player, yeah. like he's playing a lot, and he's playing. It's really loud in the mix. Like there's a lot of keyboards. Yeah. During that, and you hear it, but you don't stop to think where it's coming from. I don't know why they keep him backstage just put him in front put him in front no it would be cool okay you were talking about doing uh empire of the clouds live and they're saying they could never do it live yeah they should do a live dvd okay did you see the uh through the never it's a metallica uh live concert video came to theaters no, I was don't think... It a few years ago.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen a few Metallica um, live discs. And yeah. I remember one coming... This is one that out. came out. I'm not sure if it's one I've seen or not. Yeah,
1: it came out in 3D. It was in the theaters. Anyway, we I uh, was watching yeah. Through the Never. Yeah. It's a live concert. It's filmed awesome. It's, like, amazing. And then right at the end, when the concert's over... Yeah. During the credits... Yeah. It shows Metallica. And they're all just sitting around together in a circle on the stage in an empty stadium. They're on their stage that the concert was just on, yeah. but the stadium is empty. So I don't know if it was a sound check or if it was after, but they're in an empty, they're on stage, the lights are on, it's an empty stadium. They do Orion, that instrumental. And it's amazing. And I was like, it'd be super cool if they did a Legacy of the Beast tour now, if they do a DVD of this, yeah, or a live concert. And you have the whole concert video and then it fades to black. And when the credits come up, it's just the empty stadium with Maiden sitting around in a circle, and they do this whole song. And, and Michael Kenney can just do the piano part. Yeah. The, uh, the, I think that'd be awesome. That would be deadly. That'd be the way to do it semi-live. Yeah. Or like film a, it with a whole bunch of different cameras. Do
0: it with a bonus feature, even.
1: Yeah, or, yeah, yeah and just have it as a... The,
0: the Metallica one, is that the one where they're out on the stage in the middle of the crowd, and they filmed it from a, the 360? Yeah, and the cinematic
1: yeah. stuff about a guy trying to get to the concert, and then all this weird stuff happening. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's really awesome. good. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a really well-filmed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 3D. that was one of the ones. I, I, I think it might be this. I think we're talking about the same ones, but it was one where there was some interactive nature to the to the disc. Um, I remember watching it on like there was people bought. There's something in the way that they recorded that specific, like with new technique smart TVs or something
1: that. I think could. it was 3D. You could wear 3D yeah. glasses and watch it because I saw in a theater in 3D.
0: Yeah, for home home systems, I guess it was that. Well, I remember that. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah. That, that, but I mean like where the live chapter mp4 yeah quite i know the same
1: level i know um, but i looked and the other thing is legacy of the beast is going to come out and i can almost guarantee if they put a video out it's going to be a video that's this shot
0: yeah
1: kind of like how the live chapter was but if you look at this like through the never dvd that uh or concert video the metallica made production on it's so much better yeah. i wish maiden would like do something like that
0: well they could i mean this is the tour to do it yeah i mean you're you're you know yeah still at the top of your game
1: I think it's and sick they, of the maiden like really quick edits and all that stuff that they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Yeah, and they do that. I the guess quick... they're trying to capture the energy of the show. But well. it's
0: not just that. They do the quick edits because they're splicing from all over the place. Yeah. And they just don't like they can't carry us on too long because it's not one place. Like the, I, I get it, you know, like, oh there's Austin, oh there's there's California, oh there's Canada, oh back to yeah. America, back wherever. And they're jumping around and the crowd's always different. I'm like, I get it, but it gets a bit much
1: like When you watch that Death on the Road, that has like the edits are so quick, it's just like you can't really get a sense of what's happening i wish they would just kind of like show adrian playing his whole solo yeah then cut to you know in some wide shots so you can see what's going on on stage and stuff which yeah. they have kind of been doing because remember we watched that book of souls was it wachen is that the it one was Vaken. No, it was the download was festival or whatever it was i can't remember yeah because i remember
0: when it when it came out it was live it was live yeah. streamed wasn't
1: it yeah
0: yeah i can't remember the exact festival what was yeah. germany yeah that's all i remember
1: and um, uh, but that was that was done pretty well it was a waken wasn't it Vaken, yeah, yeah. waken yeah yeah that's that's a festival yeah fucking neo <laughs> the, Mista yeah. <laughs> the Hindenburg. yeah so uh, i'm expecting big things yeah. from the legacy of the beast if they do a video but yeah
0: deadly all right my take on this album love it yeah one of, one of my favorite maiden albums yep.
1: definitely like i said earlier i think it's a modern classic modern classic anyone who
0: hasn't uh, listen to this album. Needs to listen to it. It's yeah. amazing. In the, um you know, Brave New World, um, you know, from that era on, the dance of death, your final frontier, Matter yeah. of Life and Post Death, of Souls. Yeah. The book. I would put this probably as one of the best. And I'm a Matter of Life and Death fanatic. Yeah. So I would probably say this is the best.
1: This I is could, amazing yeah. album. But I think That's this so one good. is a ten out of ten. Ten out of ten for me. Yeah. I think disc two. It goes. I don't know, man. Like "Death or Glory" is great, but it's not. It's good, but not great. It's a yeah. it's a good song, but not a classic. And then after that, it's just uh, I don't know. It's and kind I would of argue, a slide down into this epic piano song that I don't know how to yeah. feel about.
0: I would argue that the the first disc is also the of the theme for the Book of Souls, yeah. which has really cool graphics. We broke all that down. Has a real real cool concept around it. That really resonates in the first disc. The second disc is is basically two pilot a bookended disc with two two pilot uh, you know war machines uh, you know as much as you want to link them up I didn't even know really Death or Glory is World War One until I really broke it down but the um, book ends it and then the middle is basically other than the, the Shadow of the Valley is, is depression right yeah, so it's like true. how does that fit in the book of Souls theme it's a second disc is it almost like a bonus disc that's thrown on it a... if you look at it that way yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting that they split the theme that way i still like the second side of the disc because the first two tracks are awesome and part of the class grade and we kind of nitpicked the two in the middle uh, yeah in a way i
1: feel like book of souls is front loaded with good songs
0: but it, the the first the front the first album is just it's just yeah start it's a 10 out of 10 yeah it's awesome but i think i
1: could form. do if they cut it off after death or glory yeah i, I wouldn't be i would have I don't
0: know. The only negative thing that we said, I think, on side one was like, I am Necropolis was a bit
1: campy. And even then we loved it. Yeah, and even it. then I loved it still. Yeah, we still loved <laughs> it's it. totally true. Like, the whole
0: disc is amazing. And then the second side has my favorite song, Bar of the Clouds. That's your favorite maiden song? I, no, my favorite uh, song on this album. Oh, okay. I think so. I oh, mean, really? Maybe Book of Souls. Like,
1: now you're, it's just such a yeah. different epic. I don't know. I don't know, man. I would put, I wouldn't put it in my top half of this album. You wouldn't put it in the top half? No. I've read, read in the Black Book of Souls, When the River Runs Deep. Yeah. Tourney Should Fail, Great Unknown.
0: Somebody once Great Unknown's excellent.
1: Yeah, Speed of Light. Yeah. I'd book put all Souls those above me. Empire of
0: the Clouds, actually. Yeah, Book of Souls for me. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, how do you... I know. It is its own
1: thing, it? so it's hard to like rank it.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's like, which beer has been the best in this book? But how how should I we mean, know so that. many of them are good <laughs> circle back on this beer for a minute
1: oh it's delicious yeah
0: hopped and confused yeah it was good Thin.
1: refreshing it kind of hoppy but not too much
0: i know it was good i loved it yeah fantastic beer
1: the uh what do you think about maiden doing their next album because we when we're reading when we were talking about this earlier yeah i had a quote from yannick where he said that they brought he said he brought 10 or 12 songs in yeah and they all brought like an hour or more of music and they kind of picked through it and made an album yeah. so if they have if they're that prolific that they have all these song ideas and they really only need you know four months to record to get together and write and flesh out and record an album hmm. if you base on like the last few
0: i don't know i mean i brought it up i think when we were talking about this album a couple of weeks ago yeah God, like i'm nervous. I almost want... This would be such a great last album. I don't want them to stop, though. I I mean, I want another two or three albums. But that's, yes. is that asking too much? And then what if the next one's just like... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, this is 16. I don't think it will be, though. 16 is such a cool number.
1: They have so many, like... Yeah. I would love for them to do a another album. They get together after the second leg of the Legacy of the Beast tour. They record, and then I guess they're looking at 2020 for a new album. Yeah. And, Not that long away. Yeah, and, not
0: nico's 70
1: yeah right isn't he He yeah. will be there see the touring is what's gonna like be the deal breaker and for them. for them not the writing albums and you know yeah if maiden do you think they would ever stop touring and then just make albums god i hope not because i could see maiden kind of getting to the point where they're like they wind it down and then they come out with an album and they play like a few big festivals but yeah. that's it right Oh my gosh. They is... play your rockin' and Rios and they play your like rockins and they play that kind of stuff.
0: This is the depressing end to an amazing album. Isn't that depressing to think about it?
1: But I don't want them to be like, you know, someone can't go through the grueling touring lifestyle anymore, so yeah. we're going to call it quits. I'm like, no, just keep making music. Keep doing it. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get that Bruce solo album. Yeah. That he has pretty much half written. Yeah. Is he committed to when that's going to come out? No, he hasn't said anything about Timeline. Yeah. yeah. If at all yeah
0: these are precarious times now. <laughs> maybe, maybe
1: we'll get another ASAP album <laughs> oh
0: god yay yeah that one that one quench the white spirit reunion that's true There's all kinds of options <laughs> yeah god maybe it'll get so bad I'll actually have to listen to all these other bands I always plays this always plays yeah oh man what a great album though what yep. a great job it was great Final Frontier it's hard to follow up on but they, yeah. they exceeded it significantly yeah even though I love Final Frontier as well yeah God. such a good album
1: yeah and that's funny because this album people are talking about it being like the last album maybe Final Frontier when that came out everyone's like Final Final Frontier is this the last album
0: yeah no Legacy of the Beast tour and
1: then when uh, yeah yeah, and then when A Matter of Life and Death came out the last song was called The Legacy and everyone's like oh that's because it's going to be their last song ever like this is it I
0: know so
1: everyone's always looking into like you know for the last 10 years everything's been like the last potentially so I don't know yeah just enjoy it, write it out when yeah. it ends, but yeah. I'd love to see a few more albums.
0: Yeah, definitely. If they can keep this standard, go forever. Yep. You know, if this is if this is what you're producing, let's have at it. Yeah. You can't go wrong. All right, Talking Maiden. Go to our website, TalkingMaiden.com. You can review us on iTunes. It's pretty easy to do. And if you've got anything, reach out to us, email. Nesbitt and myself are pretty quick to get back to yep. you. Yeah. will Yeah, but sometimes we'll email. We're also
1: on Twitter at Talking Maiden. I think it's at Talking Maiden, isn't it? That's right.
0: We're not on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. We're on Twitter and we have a website. That's right. Old school. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, up the irons and down the hops.